0: It's like, how is how is the world still spinning right now? Like, how is this even happening that she's not here, but the world still is? Then you realize the terrifying thing of, well, how am I now going to make it in this world without her? And that's really um, what's put me on this path of, of wanting to help others to build resilience. Oh, yeah, you heard what I said.
1: This is for my family. God, dream in my head.
2: Oh, yeah, you heard what I said. Let's go ahead and get started then, Kate. Thank you so much again.
0: No, <laughs> thanks Thanks for having me, guys. Am I the first Aussie on your show?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, the badge of honor. I'll wear it with pride. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm excited to be here and I love what um, you guys are, are doing with this podcast and the stories cool. you're sharing. It's definitely needed in this world, especially at the moment.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been a little crazy um, starting 2021, but I keep seeing all these people like posting all these memes of like how well 2020 like 2022 will be the year. And I'm like, we, you, we can't write the year off like that. <sighs> like, I'm I'm sorry if something happens and we're writing the year off like. We're doing something wrong.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, the thing is just don't really watch the news. Like I just I, I know a little bit, you know, have to be informed enough to understand. But yeah, I didn't really even know until the end of last night. I was like, oh okay, that happened. That really sucks. But yeah. I am so mindful yeah. of um this is gonna sound very coach talk, but like just like the confirmation bias. Like once you believe something is true or think something is true, like you will see it everywhere. And so I've just decided ahead of time that twenty twenty one is going to be an amazing year so my confirmation bias just filters out the crap because i can't control it so why focus on it like it doesn't make sense
2: so good
1: yeah so good i loved Um,
2: that yeah and and honestly for for anyone who's like listening right now um just a a little a little detail about Kate um we actually have the honor of like working with her and i i took the risk of shooting her a message and i was like i i think i even said it right in the message i was like i know this may not be professional i'm like oh no what, i what, was honored. but would you be down to be on our podcast and like share and and i mean she was incredible enough to say yes um and the reason is because you have a phenomenal story like you've been through a lot, but you're doing so much. And like the podcast is God dream TV. And it's like people that are pursuing a God dream, like something that's bigger than themselves and just is out there, you know? Um, And so that's really why we wanted to bring you on because you're, you're affecting lives every single day in such a positive way. And that's like your dream, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got to say, when I heard you say, you know, you have a phenomenal story instantly, my brain goes because I had and have a phenomenal sister. It really wow. is what it all comes back to is um, yeah. The, the way my sister lived her life um, inspires me deeply to this day. And I think of her and every day and the smallest ways of before I, you know, sit down to record a podcast or I'm scared any little way. Like I, I feel her here with me and her wisdom and, um, So I don't know if you want me to kind of dive in and share a little bit about her and that part of my story.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, sure. So. Um, yeah, my, my beautiful big sister, um, Nicole was just one of those girls that would walk in any room, light it up, an amazing dancer, tons of fun, a little bit, I guess, spunk to her. She, she wore a heart in her sleeve and would speak her mind at times. Um, I sometimes wish she had a volume button. She was super loud. Um, and I was
2: like, oh, she could
0: just turn you down a little bit. Um, but just live life with such amazing energy. And there was four years between us. I'd always looked up to her since I was born and just, um, adored her. And so it was back in 2012 she was on um a well-deserved what we call holiday what you guys say vacation um and, uh, <laughs> I'm always constantly having to interpret and translate things in my head now
1: <laughs>
0: I, I should get you guys to guess some Aussie slang before we finish it's a lot of fun yes <laughs> um, but anyway she was over there in, in Thailand with her um boyfriend Jamie and they were just having an, a Really relaxing, amazing holiday over in in, um, Thailand when on the 20th of October, 2012, my family unfortunately uh, woke up to the unthinkable phone call that Nicole had been killed in a motorbike accident. Um, They were literally turning into the driveway of their hotel when they were hit uh, by a local rider speeding on the wrong side of the road. So, uh, Fortunately, Jamie was okay, but Nicole pretty much took the entire impact and just a few hours into surgery, um, we lost her. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget hearing my phone vibrate on the floor that morning. And it was interesting. I uh, I knew because when I flipped my phone over, it said it was my mum. and you know, about 3.30 in the morning when your mum's calling, like... (laughs) I thought maybe it was like a drunken call from a friend or something. But when you see it's your mom, you're like, oh, yeah. crap. I always remember my stomach sinking. And then I, um, yeah, in that moment when she said, you know, she's been in an accident and then the words later, she's dead. It's, um, I think the hardest part to do in those moments is even just breathe. You know, you're like, how do I, how do I take this next breath? And then the other terrifying thing I think is, and anyone who's lost someone close to them um, might be able to relate. It's like, how is how is the world still spinning right now? Like how is this even happening that she's not here, but the world still is. Then you realize the terrifying thing of, well, how am I now going to make it in this world without her? And that's really um, what's put me on this path of, of wanting to help others to build resilience. Um, Because through that, I, um, long story short, I could go on and on and on forever. Um, But um, basically because after, in the, Weeks after losing Nicole, I began researching into overseas accident and how many other poor families have suffered what we've been through. And that's when I discovered that an Australian tourist is now, you know, dying over in Southeast Asia every 17 and a half hours. um, Yeah, I like at least once a day, a family's receiving a phone call like my own. And it was really... That which ignited my spark to firstly go on this. um, I created a travel safety campaign and took it around Australia, speaking to high school students about not taking risks overseas because my sister wasn't wearing a helmet and it's something that she never would have done back here in Australia. So I was really just like determined to do something in honour of her life and to save another life. Um, But yeah, and then being a dancer and a passionate performer, we also give grants to struggling performers performing artists and sports people um in her honor of just love of following your dreams so she would have been all about this podcast guys because she she loved watching people she would cry at the olympics getting watching people get like gold medals and just be like i can only (laughs) imagine the training that went into that and she was just yeah so amazing like that
2: oh she sounds incredible
0: yeah you're meeting the best parts of her through me today trust me she uh she comes through me in every way
2: i i love i love how you said that um you want to help people build like that resilience. Um, how do you build that without going through pain?
0: Well, that's not possible. I can't help you skip the pain. That's for sure. Um, You know, in the weeks after losing her, I did spend many hours just lying on the floor, you know, broken, crying. You go through the, you know, the whole grief phase. There's no way past that, right? In fact, grief is a part of healing from, the loss and you know and and i also say we don't grieve because we lost but also because we love right it's because i love my sisters so deeply that that's why i feel that deep pain and so i will forever hold space in my life for the grief because the only way to remove it is to remove the love and I would sign up for being Nicole's sister a thousand times over just for the joy of having had her for 24 beautiful years and um, yeah, getting to experience being her little sister. So I think for me, resilience, especially like when in true adversity, um, you know, like, like loss and, and trauma and, you know, extreme things like that, you can't avoid the suffering. But what you can do is choose to find meaning in it and and purpose that goes deeper than the pain. Right. And like what you said, you got to think beyond yourself. And so rather than why is this happening to me, why my family, it was, you know, how can I stop this from happening to other families? And rather than why can't I turn back time and, you know, change what happened to my sister. It's like, how can I carry her forward with me? So it really is about like what I said at the beginning of the episode where you put your focus the story you choose to tell you know how can i how can i get angry at the world for taking my sister when it's the same world that gave me to her in the first place like it's the way you tell the story and what you choose to focus on that i believe makes all the difference
1: i love that so much i think for me um i can't necessarily relate to that level of pain um i haven't lost anyone close to me um but I have found myself like getting stuck in almost negative thinking. Mm. And I know like the model and like what you're supposed to do. Um, I just think for me, it's hard to practically do it. So in my, if I was in your situation, I don't know if I could have done the same thing. Does that make sense? Like what was it that rose up in you and just like you conquered it, you know? And like now you're using it to impact a ton of people. And I think that's just so powerful.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't know if there's like a, an, a, I wish there was a straightforward little cookie cutter answer I could give you. But for me, immediately, it was just like, when you are in that much pain, like I would have said the same thing before um, I'd lost Nicole, you know, I'd forever be a piled heap on the floor. How do people live again? How, but if you look around in our society, you'll see examples of this everywhere, you know, the super survivors, the post-traumatic growth right but that isn't in spite of the pain and the trauma and everything it's the extension part like you still go through the post-traumatic stress and then it's that next phase and for me like humans unfortunately are motivated by like two main things like you know love but a big one's pain right so when you are in that much pain you do begin to want to do anything and everything you can I think to find your way out of it and for me um being aware of um the model and a big part of it for me was like that driver who killed my sister he was breaking the law when he did it but he was never charged for his actions and the way my family was treated over there by the local authorities was a bit questionable so there was every reason to just shut up and hate on the world and just become really bitter like how dare they take this most amazing human and how dare there be no justice in her death for the least. But I realized as long as I am blaming him, I am handing at, over all of my power to him, right? He gets the final say. And I was like, no way. I am taking back my power here. My family really did have a choice. You know, are we going to go back to Thailand and try and fight for justice where that could be a long and never ending exhausting fight, or can we choose to put our focus where we do have way more power and influence? And that is by starting a charity in her honor, you know, the Nicole Fitzsimons foundation and, um, you know, really just giving all we can to honoring, um, you know, all the way that that she lived and what, you know, we're learning through our experience. And, you know, it was a big, like I just finished up my university degree and I had, I had um, just finished up my university degree and, um, you know, was trying to start my career in the corporate world when um, this foundation began. So I left a corporate career that I'd worked, worked for for four years. I just started a new job. They gave me this fancy schmancy title, like everything was supposed to be going <laughs> in one direction. And then I just woke up one day, I handed in my resignation and I threw myself headfirst into Nicole's charity. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people thought I was crazy and I was, but I th- yeah. Think back to you, Brandon, when you have gone through that level of pain, you find this bravery because you're like, hang on, I thought I would have stopped, you know, my whole world would have stopped if I'd lost this person, but it didn't. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm messy. I'm in pain, but I am here. And um, anything else that happens after this, if I can get through that, I can get through anything.
1: Wow. That's, <laughs> That's so powerful.
2: Yeah, that's extremely powerful. I was going to ask you, um, because naturally what happens, I say naturally, I don't know if this is really it, but from the majority of people that I've met, when we experience some sort of pain like that, right, um, we don't want to feel it. And I, I was talking to this guy last night, um, and he, he helps people like Deal with like traumas and all of that stuff and heal from them. He's like a healing coach or so. I don't, I forget how it like you, you explain it, but he was talking about like he said this one thing and he was like, This is like what I base everything off of. He said, You have to feel it in order to heal it. Mm-hmm. Um, and naturally, what we do, like I'll be honest, like my grandma, she passed away this year and she was like the glue to our family. Like nothing's been the same in our family since she passed away, unfortunately. Um, but I, I didn't feel it at first. And I wasn't letting myself because I had to kind of like try and keep my family, like at least my mom, you know, and like, like all of them together and be like the spiritual leader of them and all of that stuff. Um, And so for like that moment, like, it's almost like I just like shut, shut off. And I was like, I can't right now I can't Mm -hmm. deal with it. And I think a lot of people deal with that for everyone listening. um, Just so you know, uh, my power went out yesterday, so we're we're finishing off the podcast now. So this is part two, um, part two. <laughs> but we're just gonna go with the roll with the punches.
0: Rolling with <laughs> it, we wouldn't expect anything less for um the way the world's at at the moment.
2: Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Twenty twenty one will not ruin this for us.
0: Fall down seven, <laughs> get up eight. So yeah,
2: exactly. Um. So you remember the question I was asking then, right? Like, um. Pretty much, what made you not just callous yourself to the pain? And actually like feel it and move you into like what you moved into.
0: Well, I'm curious to ask you, Frank, how long do you feel like you kind of shut down on the pain for with your grandma? Would you say it's like a few months before you really Mm -hmm. opened up and felt it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think it was in November. I, I came home one day and it was, it was after church. And I just, I came home, I was making some food. And then I was, uh, you know how like if you're going to watch Netflix, you get your food and then you sit down. And before you before you even eat, you just got to find what you're going to watch. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was kind of like doing that. But I have like I had my Google my Google home, like a big one that had just came home and I had just connected it to like set it up and stuff. And it was sitting right over here. And then it was a picture of me, my little girl, my grandma. And it's just like, that's, that's what it just hit me. Mm-hmm. And I just like broke down. Yeah. um, And yeah. And then after that, a couple, a couple more times, I just like let myself feel it, but yeah, it was definitely like probably, probably three, four months.
0: Yeah. Cause I was just going to say, firstly, Um, just from, you know, doing my research into grief and as I was going through the experience. And also I had a beautiful friend who was a nurse. So she was quite, had been kind of exposed to, um, you know, family going through difficult times like my own. So I learned firstly, like when you go through something, quite traumatic or you lose someone close to you your body actually releases a lot of um, chemicals hormones like has a response where for the first like couple of months you actually don't really go that deep into the grieving process because it's it's they're functioning to just try and get you to keep functioning to keep going to do what you need to do to to get through it it's actually quite an amazing thing what our bodies is capable of it um so i wanted to say firstly that's actually quite normal to kind of like hold it together and then let it go i wouldn't necessarily say that was resisting the grief it could be just a part of the that first initial process of it like for my family we did all just like launch into i think you said you'd launch into helping organize things for you know the funeral and and keeping everyone together and things like that and that's why our body does that so we don't just completely fall apart straight away it's quite an amazing thing um yeah. I mean, it doesn't say like my eye was instantly on the ground, you know, bawling my eyes out, but
2: yeah. your
0: body does know how to um, take care of you. So that's why I, you know, and on top of that, you know, if it was going past that and, you know, it had been a year or two and you'd still never really cried or, or felt anything, um, you know, the way that I help people deal with extreme emotions and how I, I deal with my own because grief is still a never part of my life, because I'll ever famous, miss my sister, is um, firstly, I love to remind myself like my, my body is designed to process emotion, just like it's designed to process food, right? Emotion is a very normal part of being human. Yeah. Since the beginning of time, humanity has faced terror, grief, humiliation. Yeah. So um, I always like to think like uh, at the end of the day, as extreme and as uncomfortable emotions can be, that they're completely harmless. Like they're not going to leave any lasting damage they're there just to flow through. And like you said yesterday, and it was a quote, I remember saying just after losing a call is you've got to be willing to feel it to heal it. Right. Resisting that emotion only intensifies it. You know, it's like trying to hold a door against someone pushing against it. You can only do it for so long until it comes, you know, (laughs) um, piling in all over you. So um, yeah, I just, I, I try and, you know, just breathe through it, cry through it, but allow that to, um, to happen knowing that it's not damaging me in fact it is like we have said actually healing me um, to get to that next phase of like i said the, the post-traumatic growth and, and finding meaning in the in the pain but trust me it's still <laughs> the ugly cries the you know the red eyes the the tissues the the days we just want to lie under the cover um but i think it it's such a beautiful thing now i will purposely sometimes go and see photos of my sister or watch, you know, little videos of her, because I feel like it connects me to her. Like when I can go in that that pain, I'm willing to go into that pain to meet the memories and the experiences I had with her and feel that bond. I think it, it's such an honor um, that that guy who who killed Nicole, he may have been able to take her life, but he couldn't take the love that I have for her. Like that's something that wherever yeah. wow. is with me. So I'm very grateful for that.
1: She oh, So good. Um, I had a question. So after all of this with Nicole happened, you kind of just got a passion to help others. At what point was it that you decided to become certified? So for anyone listening, if you don't know, I um, work for the Life Coach School, which um, is a coaching school that helps people either get coaching or become coaches, which if you don't know what a coach is, you should definitely hit up Kate after this. She's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, at what point were you like, I want to help others like one-on-one?
0: Yeah, such a great question. So I was, you know, touring around Australia, speaking to hundreds of thousands of kids about travel safety. And um, when they were inspired by, I guess, the way my family had turned such an adversity into something positive and, and meaningful, you know, the kids would come up and the thing that would break my heart is they'd say, you know, I'd never be able to do what you do. And I know that's when I would have said the exact same thing when I was where they were and that's what I realized like seriously resilience mental strength coping with adversity is a skill that we can yeah. all get better at with practice and so I um what really motivated me to get um in like certified specifically and not just kind of go straight into then sharing my um presentation and sharing my story of, was I knew I had that inspiring story but I myself love like strategies and understanding the why behind it and being a little bit more analytical because we all have a story at the end of the day I don't believe there's a human that couldn't stand up and share something um, painful or you know really hard that they went through that couldn't inspire someone and so I love that but I wanted to really help with the, the transformation and not just motivate for a moment, but yeah. really have ongoing wow. support and understanding. So when I heard Brooke's um, podcast, I think it was back in like 2015. Um, I, okay. I wasn't, so I had kind of, Nicole died in 2012. So I'd gone through this transformation. Just, you know, I was right into self-help and a Pinterest board with every motivational quote under the sun that you could imagine to get me through the tough days. But I didn't realize what I had actually done. Like, you know, Brooks tools were able to put together such a simplified, you know, formula and strategies. And I was like, oh, I'd love this because I particularly love speaking to youth, so like your teenagers and your young adults and you know, they don't want the long-winded, too deep analytical, like it was just the perfect, I thought, combination to have not only the stories now, but the strategies. And so I, it's such a privilege now I go out and I share um, my story, but also kind of teach part of the model and how to really take back control over your response to things. And yeah, it's been really um, quite amazing to see the impact it's had, especially for those kids who are really ready for this. You know, some people aren't, some you know they've still got a journey to go until they're ready to take that responsibility. But those who are, I'm just, um, yeah, I'm so inspired by seeing the, the impact it's had. And that's when a school in Idaho, America, um, invited me to speak to their students, and is what, um, I guess began my American dream over here.
1: <laughs> that is amazing.
2: Yeah. If you ever, uh, if you're ever in, t- oh man, sorry about that. <laughs> um, if you're ever in, um, in Texas we need to have you come speak to our youth and young adults. That would Oh, be I would love that. that. Well, once
0: the, fun, once, yeah. I mean, well, Texas is open back up, I think. Yeah. Oh, you
1: should, you should see yeah. Texas right now. Yeah. It's completely we're, open. We're, we're oh, really? I, we're Are you guys doing,
0: doing masks or not?
1: Yeah. Uh, They say to, but yeah. Yeah. Texans don't really uh, go with rules. it too well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. No, but I'd yeah. love to. It's, um, you know, that's been tough, I think, for, for everyone. I know you like to speak as well, Frank, and, and transitioning to the online um, world. As you know, as a speaker, like I had spent four months over here in America. I'd got back to Sydney, Australia um, to see my family and that. And then I was meant to come back over here in April, like last year. And then, of course, at the beginning of March, everything <sighs> kind of shut down. So not only was I separated from my fiancé for who knows how long, but my entire oh, calendar of um, talks for the year just, were just like you could see them crumbling just like you know like the dominoes (sighs) just going over and that had been um my focus I'd been a speaker but uh you know what 2020 gifted us I think all of us was time to think and space create and so I said I was like you were gonna finish this year stronger than you started it like business wise and from that you know I've uh, written a book and my coaching I now think of myself as a as a coach now and that's really like I've next levelled that kind of coaching side of things and I'm creating a program to go into schools and really kind of give ongoing education on all these mental health and um you know emotional skills so it's exciting but I definitely can't wait till I can be back in an audience feeling that one-on-one you know person kind of connection because I don't think yeah. anything can beat it in the world
1: yeah i just thought of this also like my whole journey throughout school in america not one class did we ever talk about emotion Mm -hmm. or mental health yeah think about that like not health or science either yeah one of the most important things in your life we don't even discuss or learn about until it's almost too late to relearn it's like you have to put it in well, disciplines just so much and practices just yeah. taking
0: yeah. A, a harder battle and um you know i will give some schools credit i i've had a i have had a have the privilege the privilege of you know speaking to hundreds of schools now and you it it's so different some really value it some um you know make Mental health assemblies and different things like that, and then others do, you know, the bare minimum. But my, I guess, mission is that, especially through now, what I'm, I'm building. I'd love to come and speak, and then have this 12 month kind of online program that, you know, the, the kids can access and and continue to, with like weekly calls and and just it's a skill, you know. None of us transform our minds or our lives, you know, as as amazing. No matter the most amazing speaker in the world, you know, we've all heard that phenomenal thing on YouTube where you're like, wow but still that only lasts for, for so long, you know, you need the commitment and the understanding and the practice. So, yeah, yeah I, um, I'm excited, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for schools to begin Definitely. to, um, you know, change their priorities yeah. a little. And I understand, you know, funding's limited and, you know, I don't think it's out of lack of care. I just think there's a lot of, um, you know, red tape and different things to work through, but um. Yeah you know, change happens little by little. Sometimes I, uh, I believe in that I actually got, you know, with the travel safety back in Australia, you know, it wasn't even really a a thing that people used to talk about at schools, but I was so passionate. I was like, put myself out there, started emailing. Um, I like to say, you know, I sent 600 emails in the first year and I got like eight schools on board so it was a slow start um pretty good that's
2: awesome i was excited
0: i'd quit my job i went like everyone was like even my own brother called me he's like what are you doing like you just got a really good job like you can't walk away from it but i was like it's now or never like here's the momentum and wow i don't want to you know i i would rather crawl back to that workplace with my tail between my legs going whoops like sorry or (laughs) <laughs> then, you know, look back in 10 years and think I could have done something for my sister that was so special when I was scared. Like wow. the one thing that I was not going to let me hold me back in life anymore was just fear of failing, fear of being rejected, fear of what other people think. Because having written a funeral speech when you're 20 years old, most humbling experience. Um, and I realized I couldn't look myself in the eye and feel proud of who I was showing up in the world as up until that point. Uh, I was quite, yeah, just scared, you know, so I was always, you know, a bit short-tempered and always just, it was all about the achievement and trying to look a certain way and there was no real meaning um, and kindness was often overlooked in my life, you know, it was okay to wow. shout at mom or, you know, I nearly missed my sister's last birthday, her, la- her 24th birthday and Nelly didn't go out with her because I had a uni- university assignment to finish for the weekend and, you know, I couldn't risk not getting a good grade in that. And I look back now and I'm like, I nearly missed Nicole's last birthday. And that just would have been heartbreaking. So, you know, it definitely gives you a realignment of priorities and realizes that what people remember is, you know, not your achievements, but what you dared to go after and how you made them feel, you know, in your presence and the effort you put into the relationship. So, um, yeah. I try and keep that as my North star as you put yourself yeah. out there. <laughs> I'm not perfect. That's for sure. But so,
2: yeah, I, I heard, a I heard a pastor share, sharing once and he was talking about his dad when his dad passed away, that it made him realize like what's really important. Right. And he had this whole series on what, what's really important, but he made a good point. He said that that usually lasts a couple months. And then after that you go and you get a bad haircut and then you're like, <laughs> ruins your day. You're like, this is the worst thing ever. And then what seems so small in the presence of like, what really mattered now becomes like important again. And so you kind of lose that you um, have done a pretty good job of holding on to like what's really important. Not saying that you've done perfect, right? Because you probably yeah. have, I mean, you're a human. Oh,
0: we're, right? we're all human and yeah. there's always room for growth and learning. Definitely. Yes, yeah. but
2: like, what would you do to hold on to like what's really important after that moment for so long now?
0: I honestly, <laughs> there's a pretty deep answer. And for me, it's when... Um, my dad basically had his arms around me and was carrying me out of, um, you know, the, the crematorium, just crying and going, that's my sister. And the pain I felt in that moment, I, I revisit that so often just as like, you know, the last time I got to spend my last few seconds with her and just knowing I, I got through that, but knowing that that's where we all end up at the end of the day. And, you know, I want to, my sister left me such a gift in how she lived her life it gave me so much strength to keep living mine and i just want to do my best to leave that behind for anyone who loves me who knows my story who just needs a reason to keep holding on when they're going through crappy times like i i think um you know i'm so blessed and we all are to be inspired by so many people's stories and i feel like it's our responsibility you know, with our short time here on earth to pass an inspiration forward to, you know, be someone else's reason why. And so yeah. I think I don't, so much of the early days of a lot of it is foggy. You know, you're, you're going through so many emotions and sometimes your brain shuts out painful memories just for, you know, self-protection, but that one um, yeah. sticks with me. And so whenever I get scared of doing something or maybe this, like I can tell you the first time I spoke in Idaho in America for the first time, like I'd been um, on vacation here, like six months earlier and someone asked what I did and I said, I'm a speaker. And they're like, Oh, you're speaking in America. I was like, I'd never get to speak here. Very funny. And then six months later there, I was about to walk on stage and I was having (laughs) like absolute imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. but then I just remember like ah. I've, I've done the hardest thing. Like, and I think that's what yeah. um, that adversity gifts us this. Um, it sucks at the time. It's painful at the time, but it is such a, you, you are every single human watching, listening to this. You are capable and so much stronger than what you believe and what you think right now. And sometimes I believe that's why the world comes along and gives us these things um, because you learn that um, and you, I think if we could have had a, an escape emergency escape button on 2020, we all would have pushed it right, would have been like, eh, Let's skip that year. Um, but thank god we didn't because look at how yeah. much, um, you know, we've all grown and figured things out. I wouldn't if someone could say to me now, I don't know about you guys, but if someone said you could have skipped 2020, would you?
2: No, no, yeah, yeah. no, it did so much good,
0: yeah, and yeah. yeah what's up? I'm curious. I want to flip the, I want to be the interviewer. Okay. (laughs) Each of you tell me the best thing that came from 2020 for you, not in, not like in spite of 2020, but because of the pandemic.
1: Yeah. So for me definitely was, so my whole life I have a, like had a desire to like speak and help people um, with finances and like with their walks just in general, emotionally and with God. Second. I love business and I don't know what it was. I just got caught up and I think similar to you in like a good job mentality, like at the life coach school, it was great, um, great pay. Everything was just set up for me to stay, right? And I think 2020, just I just decided, you know what? With everything going on in the world, I can't imagine being 40 and thinking like, what if I would have started that business or followed this dream? So 2020 for me, was yeah. almost, I picture like a bird nest and it's like 2020, like threw me out of the nest. <laughs> I love you know that. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, How did you here compensate? we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. especially within business, like, cause I've tried things before and they never really caught traction or maybe I couldn't sustain the growth probably was what it was. But now it's just really cool to see something working and like starting to take off. I don't know. It just gives me a lot of life, and now I want to help others do the same. Because as you were talking, Kate, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but wonder what you would look like if you were still at that job. Ugh. Like, yeah. And that's what this podcast is for the yeah. people who are sitting in that cubicle who have that dream, yeah. and they're like, oh, I have this burning passion, but I'm I just not know. stepping out in it." Yeah. And like, yeah. And
0: I will oh. let you share yours, Frank. But just to, I can't remember if I mentioned this yesterday, but. The moment that was like decisive for me is I was standing in the line at the canteen and just hearing everyone at work, like just complaining, no one was happy around me. I just knew they were all followed, like just rinse repeat yeah. of like the day and doing what they was expected. And I was just, it was like, that was the vision of me in like 10 years time. And I was just like, wow. I've just buried my sister. There's no yeah. way I'm going to bury my dream with her. Like we're doing Ooh, this, so. Man.
1: That's yeah. so good. But,
0: Gosh, <laughs> Frank, yeah. tell me what's your um, gift of 2020?
2: man, uh, quite, quite a bit. Um, what, what Brandon said as well, um, because obviously, um, we, we launched this thing together and all that good stuff. Um, So you
0: guys launched, is it like, well now elevate social, was that launched in 2020? Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Um, and, um, and I've been the same way, like business wise, like, um, I, I started a, a couple businesses um, and one of them was, I would say pretty successful for it being just me running it and not knowing what the heck I was doing. <laughs> um, but then also it wasn't like what I wanted to do because it just took up all my time, all this stuff. But I think one of the biggest things for me um, that 2020 gave me was just like, it was, I started seeing God's promises be being like, like coming to fruition you know? Um, and so I, I've had some, like some people tell me before that I was going to like be preaching in the future and things like that. And that's what I love. I love just communicating like what God has done in my life personally. Right. Um, and what he can, the potential of like what he can do in your life if you let him. Um, and it was weird because for like three years, um prior to this i wasn't really doing any ministry or anything like that and i started like a youtube channel and i i didn't really know what i was doing i was just in front of a camera a lot talking a lot you know getting used to that and just producing videos and videos and videos and videos and then i started my own podcast different things yeah well then because of what happened with covid um, I got invited to speak on some platforms that I don't think I, I would have ever gotten invited to speak otherwise because everyone was now in social media and I got to like preach via Zoom um, twice. And one was in English and one was, was in Spanish, which was really cool. But I was so comfortable because I was so used to looking at a camera mm-hmm. for the past three. So it was really weird the way that that kind of happened. Um, and then I got invited to those same events this upcoming year, and um one of them's gonna be live, the other one's still gonna be on, like via Zoom. And I'm like, it was just really weird. It was like God dropping like just a little bit of like sea son, I got you, you know?
0: Yes, yes. I love those moments. Even like me, since I was a young girl, I've loved public speaking, just expressing myself and everything. And I remember in like 10th grade. Dad sits me down, you know, you start to have the discussions of what you want to do. And I was like, I just want to speak and express. And he's like about what? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know.
2: And so anything, Dad. (laughs) He's like, you
0: can do HR. And I was like, that sounds terrible. So so I just went and like did business. And oh, and like another crazy thing is um, my last assignment for my business degree was on um, running a charity. Like it was for like a charity thing, like a marketing plan. And of course I ended up running my sister's charity. I'm still now a part of it even today. So it's funny, like looking back, like had I not had practiced the skills because I started talking. um, So we lost Nicole in October. I did my first talk, I believe in March in front of school kids, like just (laughs) sharing it. And, you know, I started, so this is for everyone out there who says, but I'm not that good at it yet. I don't know how, you know, and you see people's chapter tens and you're comparing it to the chapter one. I started with my notes in my hand, literally shaking. You, I have video footage of this somewhere, <laughs> oh. losing my place. Like my slides were like in comic sans, like really dodgy made like <laughs> PowerPoint slides. Um, but I left an impact on those kids because they could feel the, the passion behind the message. And I still remember I got feedback written on a, on the kid. Like, can I have your feedback? So I wrote some notes and one kid wrote, you don't need your notes. Just trust yourself. And that was so powerful from this young teenage boy. You know, I, I, he saw something, you know, he, this girl's got it that it was like my security blanket for a little while. And now I, I try and write notes at any time. I just, no, they're not there. I can't even do it now. But the idea of speaking off the cuff like this, a few years ago would have mortified me. So um, I just, (laughs) just saying to anyone out there, I always say, you know, your ability to get good at something is directly related to your willingness to suck at it in the beginning, like embrace (laughs) the suck. It's only, you never want to look bad. You never want to get good at something. Cause unfortunately a lot of things just take practice there. So don't use that excuse that you can't go after that dream just because you don't know how to do X, Y, Z.
2: So. i love that
1: so oh, z, much as you
0: guys That's say so you're probably way. like zed what's this
1: wait what is that
0: zed yes
2: <laughs> are you trying to say ted <laughs> it's ted kate <laughs> no. zed
0: is how we say, say z in australia like the uk version of z is zed
1: oh <laughs> no <way.
2: laughs>
0: my boyfriend i had no idea so it's like
2: so it's like xyz
0: yeah so we have like eight. So um, my fiance loves <laughs> rugby league our sport back at, in Australia and it, the stadium's called a and Z, and for so long he's like i couldn't understand why they've just so like what Z was i didn't know how to find this stadium because he was putting like s-e-d no sorry z-d in and it's like no we just but i was arguing with him for so long i'm like that's the way you say it he's like well why don't we say bees is bed then and i was like
2: (laughs) he (laughs) makes a good point
0: i know i lost that argument then i was like you know that (laughs) meme where like girls like you dirty yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's so funny so,
0: but, but of course my last name has a, a z in it right so constantly when they're like can you please spell your last name ma'am i'm like f-i-t-z-s because i have to remember otherwise they're like probably putting i don't know what they would put it but that reminds me i need to teach you some Aussie slang well i need you to guess okay okay what do you think um if i say have you got an esky what do you think I mean? A beer. Ooh, you're getting close. What do you think? Oh, I should have, now you've got a hint. Have you got Esky? Esky.
2: Uh, I, I think of like a Yeti or like a cold mug.
0: Oh, you guys are getting close. Yeah, it's a, Esky is a cooler bag
2: oh, in Australia.
0: Wow. So an Esky. Uh,
2: that's awesome.
0: Oh. Okay, a, what? You look very confused, a,
2: a cool bag?
0: <laughs> a cooler bag.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that like, that kind of makes so sense. Because it like, almost sounds like Eskimo. That's why I was thinking like, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, what about a cozy? A blanket. What do, what do you think, Brandon? Robe. <laughs> a robe
1: a robe (laughs) do you know what a robe is right oh a robe (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh you thought rope
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: it means um okay so it's like basically like a bathing suit
1: okay (laughs) wait how we
0: got a cozy is because we call them like swimming costumes in australia and then we shortened costume to cozy so basically, if you want to live in Australia, every you just kind of shorten it up like prezi, like Aussie, like everything's just like shortened down. So we kind of and then just throw a I or a Y on the end, and you're Australian.
2: So. G- g- give us, give that. us another one, and one that we can probably use daily.
0: Ah, oh, you're putting me on the spot. Fortnite, do you know what that
1: is? <laughs> hey, we all auto- know video game. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: No, it means every, uh, so fortnightly payments means every two weeks. So I've been saying that to people in the US and they're like, so now I have to say bi-weekly. But then an American actually explained to me that means 14 nights, so a fortnight. I was like, how have I never figured this out?
2: Oh, wow. That's genius. That
0: makes sense. Okay, here you go. Here's a good one to say when someone says something that you think is like, Pretty awesome, like unreal. Like, no way, did that happen? You go like that. Fair income.
1: Fair (laughs) income.
0: Fair fair, fair income. Did that happen? Fair
1: Fair income. Fair (laughs) income. Fair
2: income,
1: bro. (laughs) So you spell it like
0: fair, and then it's like D I N K U M. So it's like fair dinkum. So I was saying that like, that's just an Aussie saying for like, like, yeah, far out, no way. Um, But I said it to um, this little old man I was talking to one day and we're explaining it and he's like, what? I found out it means uh, fair gold. So Mm. basically in the gold mining ages back in Australia, um, there were like a lots of Chinese golding, like, and they were used to call gold dinkum. So fair dinkum used to be like fair gold. Like, wow, you found gold. No way. So, Oh, but was Brandon. So basically it means fair gold. Like that's awesome. So when you get excited about something.
1: Dude, I had it. to sneeze so bad. Yeah, it
0: could, oh, there you go. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought to do the that. The Fed income
1: probably. was too awesome. I just had to sneeze.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's so many. I'll have to come prepared next time and then we can do a quick what I want. That could be a, a, yes. a reel I could put up on my Instagram. getting you guys. To
2: oh, <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> just trying out For policy real. slang.
0: You know, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Like, do you know what a boot is?
2: A boot, yeah, it's a shoe.
0: A it's shoe. the back of the car. What you guys call a trunk, we call a boot.
2: Oh, that's. Or that's...
0: aluminium. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say aluminium?
2: I'm, I just think aluminium. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's another.
0: That's another argument in our household. And then Parmesan. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no. Parmesan, you guys call it. I think the cheese. Oh yeah, Parmesan. yeah, yeah
2: i'm gonna to to start it. using boot though
0: boot there you go i'm gonna start it in using the boot. Boot.
2: yeah put it in the boot yeah, yeah.
0: pop the boot
2: <laughs> pop <Yeah>. it <in. laughs> um okay i do have one one last question because sure. this is like about like your big dream right um so what is quote unquote your god dream your massive dream right mm-hmm. for your life and what you want to do with it and help people and did COVID changed that? And if it did, how?
0: Oh, that's such a beautiful question. I love that you put that second part at the end before I had like could come up with a different answer. So um, yeah, so my dream instantly when you said that, so I'm about to launch um, a new program called Ocean. So it's basically an online coaching program that schools and families can access where parents will get weekly online coaching calls and then the kids also get access but they have their two separate areas online and they'll be learning things like yeah like the model which Brandon will know what that means but yes. um do all different um skills and then I'm getting different coaches to come on and guest coach and kind of basically really fill out this um this gap in mental health support and education that we're seeing so my goal would be that you know the ocean is in hundreds of schools across america and australia and it's a part of the curriculum and they're making time they're making time in the day to help get the kids on and, and take them through the resources and things like that and i can tell you that in three years prior to COVID, I was talking about this program that I was going to put together. And I was talking about how badly I wanted to fulfill, even in my own heart, I felt heavy walking off the stage, knowing that I've pumped the kids up for, you know, an hour, but there's only very few that would actually go and listen to my podcast or Mm. follow through on that. And so it didn't sit right with my true mission in life, which is to really leave a, a lasting impact in a way that you know, inspire someone to really change. So, um, ocean came because of COVID I had the time and I also was forced to evolve right Uh, i had to evolve my business if i wanted to keep my head above the water and and keep doing what i do it wasn't possible to speak in person so um yeah oceans come together and i i love it to play on words for emotion because our emotions can often feel like you know an ocean um you know and and overwhelming sometimes so i'm excited to kick that off this year and, and see where it takes me but i will forever say thank you um to 2020 for gifting me yes. and forcing yes. me <laughs> to evolve. So uh, yeah, that's that, that's my dream. So keep an eye out. I'll keep you busy um, on social media with all, all that stuff. So
1: thank <laughs> I you love guys. that. And where can they, anyone listening follow you and what is your website? Maybe drop those two. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So my website, please check out. You can get access to my podcast on there, learn more about the coaching and soon Ocean will be launched on there as well. Um, so that is katefitzsimons.com. So there's just one M in Fitzsimons and it does have the Z in there. And <laughs> uh, my, my Instagram is at Kate marie underscore Fitz. So that's F-I-T-Z. Awesome. Um, but yeah, check it out. Otherwise, if you didn't get that, you can reach out to one of these guys and they can pass you along. But, um, yeah, if you've awesome. got any questions or anything like that, guys, I'm really active on social. I read and respond to, you know, all the messages and everything. I think it's for all the way people, um, throw crap at, uh, social media. I think it's such a, an amazing gift yes, and is. device to connect with others right around the world. So, yeah.
2: Yes. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you. I think that's it. <laughs> That's it? Yeah Yeah great that was so good Oh yeah you heard what I said This is for my family God
1: dream in my head Oh yeah you heard what I said This is for my family God